Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi everyone, Patience here. This is part two of our interview with Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie. It was a really great conversation, so you're probably going to want to go back to listen to part one and then... Uh, follow up with part two, because when she talks about the anti-Black racism report, first steps, and the things that they're doing in that city, you're going to want a real comprehensive understanding. Thank you so much for listening. We're very happy to hear that you had the same mentality as well. Uh, I mean, keeping in line with support for Black health and well-being, Um, On April 4th, the city of Toronto successfully launched a pilot program with community health orgs, one being Taibu in Scarborough, which serves the GTA's Black community pretty much across the East. And uh, it'll provide a 24-hour non-police response to people experiencing mental health crises. So I'm sure that Mississauga is heading in this direction as well. Could you Mm -hmm. speak to where the city is in implementing such a program? Right. So it more so from Peel Regional Police, but this Taboo, Taboo pilot sounds like a great program. Mm-hmm. And I think it's part of a larger movement that we're seeing throughout Canada and the U.S. to really look close at how police services are responding to certain calls and change the way that mental health crises are handled. So mm-hmm. Peel Police released their mental health and addiction strategy in 2021, which is a living document designed to address the mental health crisis that we are facing. I think there's recognition in our police force that while they have an important role uh, as the first point of contact in the event of a call, their primary role is to connect people to the programs and services best suited to meet their needs. And we've seen that collaboration with community partners and public health systems to ensure that those who are experiencing mental health or addiction issues can get the care that they need. Uh, An example comes uh, even before the launch of the strategy when in 2020, uh, Peel Police in partnership with the Canadian Mental Health Association launched a mobile crisis rapid response team program, Mm -hmm. which had crisis workers team up with police officers to respond to mental health issues. Obviously, the job isn't done yet, and that's why mental health and policing uh, were both core components uh, of the final report. And we know that we need to work with the provincial government to address the regulatory and the financial barriers that prevent community organizations from responding to mental health crises when police are not needed, uh, which would alleviate some of the strain on our police force and allow them to focus on crime and crime prevention um, instead of what else is essentially a public health or a mental health care issue. And that's something that we've been pushing for. But ultimately, we have to defer to the province on one of a few things, actually, because appointment to Peel Regional Police is also a provincial responsibility of our seven members. Um, three are uh, 
our elected representatives. Mm -hmm. Three are provincial appointments and one is appeal uh, appointments. So they have the vast majority of the appointments. I think at the local level, you're going to see a push for more community representation and collaboration so that uh, it can take the form of one more community organization that specializes in mental health care and working with racialized communities brought into the policy discussions for both the city and the regional uh, level. More collaboration uh, between our police services and the communities that they serve and an equity lens over all of our future policies like our smart city initiative and making sure that AI and policing technologies are being designed and implemented with equity in mind. So as you know, we've employed some AI technology. We have the body worn cameras and we're, you know, our chief is so progressive and so technologically savvy. He's already thinking about one day where those cameras can be interactive uh, and the, you know, they can source resources right at the source where they're uh, and get them delivered to the person, you know, sort of on a two-way basis from the camera and the healthcare provider right on the other end, providing advice if they can't be there present uh, at the scene. So mm -hmm. he's got a lot of long-term plans to employ technology to do this, but at the same time, he's moved the needle a long way with the mobile crisis units, and we're very proud of that. I heard you speaking and I, I, I liked what you had to say. At the same time, I was reminded of, I'm forgetting his first name now, but Mr. I, did, I believe it was Ijaz. Um, Ijaz Chowdhury. Ijaz Chowdhury, there we go. Right, and so. breaking situation. Yeah, and so uh, certainly, uh, you know, I think most of our listeners, if not all of our listeners, would, would love to know that Mississauga is moving to a, a crisis response strategy that when it's not required for police to be involved or not, so that we don't have repeat repetitions. Of... I wholeheartedly agree. And you right. know, made, made that view clear uh, right. to the chief as have other board members. And, and you know, he agrees. That was a, a, a very, very tragic situation. And, and I'm very saddened. Uh, I, I had crossed paths with Mr. Chowdhury a number of times and mm. deeply saddened by what had happened. And uh, I, I know that the chief has taken it to heart as well and, uh, you know, plans to make the changes that are needed. So moving on to uh, another exciting part of, the, of your, your first steps report was the recommendation that a black community innovation hub be established to help implement some of the recommendations. If I understand this correctly, the city would create a space for the hub at a cost of $1 annually for 100 years, and the alliance would find a way to build or restore what they need to make it operational through business, community organization, and individuals donating to the cause. This is a model that has worked for the, the Tamil Community Center, which is slated to break ground in Q4 of this year. Where are you and council in this process? Well, this is another exciting one for sure. One of the larger recommendations, but requiring a large financial commitment. Mm -hmm. And a hub would enable and empower businesses, community organizations, and in particularly the Black Caucus Alliance, as they're going to rename themselves and rebrand. Of course, residents, students, and entrepreneurs to build and strengthen the equity and inclusion initiatives that are outlined in the rest of the report. Mm -hmm. Now, considering... There's only one more council meeting left in Mississauga before the October election. 
we have a few retirements on council as well. I'm expecting a new council with absolutely three new faces, right? Because we have mm-hmm. had two retirements and one councilor resigned earlier in the year. So we'll have at least three new faces. Uh, so it'll only be till after the election that we'll be able to uh, pass the necessary motions to get this started. And of course, this represents a significant investment. So it's going to take some time to get off the ground. Uh, it'll take require some organization as well. Uh, but, but at the end of the entire process, the final location, it might look different than what had been initially proposed or envisioned, but we remain committed as a city to building and providing um, this space to the community. That's amazing. Can't wait to see it uh, break ground. Yeah, I, you know, I um, in preparation for this interview, and as you'd expect us to do, we we spoke with some of the folks who took part or uh, collaborated on the first steps report. Everybody that I spoke to, they were very happy with the engagement that you provided and and your support for the direction that we're talking about today. Oh, thank you so much. At the same time, there was concern that Mississauga isn't moving fast enough, not because you don't want to, but because effectively there need to be people in positions with power who can move things along at an appropriate speed. So I'm wondering, and you kind of touched on it just now with upcoming elections, but even in terms of of, of public servants at the municipal level, do you have any sort of plans to bring in more diversity so that better decisions are made and faster? So, you know, that is a great question. And I'll tell you a couple of things that I am aware of. The first one is we have some really credible uh, black community candidates running in the municipal election. Uh, one was already registered. Uh, he was on the black caucus advisory committee and another was somebody else, you know, was thinking, thinking very uh, wholehearted, departedly about it. And I really hope he goes forward. And you know who that is, but I shouldn't mention his name, Casey Dillon Register. <laughs> but that would be very exciting. Um, and you know, the city managers also made a commitment to ensuring that our workforce is um, very diverse and reflecting the demographics of Mississauga. He has made a number of changes um, as well, uh, including you know, looking at a lens of promoting, uh, you know, providing more equity for our black employees Mm -hmm. and ensuring that they are part of the high potential candidate pool that they give, you know, additional training and leadership training to that they get advanced through the system because that seems to be the problem. There seemed to be a been a bottleneck, but our city manager, uh, Paul Mitchum is very committed and I, I give him uh, uh, kudos, uh, a lot of respect and admiration for really moving this needle as well. And I think that if you look through the report, there's mention of a number of the initiatives that have come out of the city manager's office um, and the Black Caucus uh, was very pleased with the direction he was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, he's also remains very committed to ensuring um you know, uh, that we, <clears throat> sorry, we see greater opportunities for advancement uh, with black community members who are as equally uh, experienced and have ex- ex- same expertise as other members of our, um, uh, of our uh, team. So 
where they're warranted, they will be looked at and um, changes have been made. I mean, I was very excited to hear that he was going to ensure there were always, uh, you know, black staff members as part of the high potential pool that gets uh, further training. So that, that was a great start. And there are a number of other initiatives as well. Well, outside of the report, the city's entered a partnership with the Black North Initiative and uh, Wes Hall is a friend of the drip. So uh, with the Black North Initiative, the Home Ownership Bridge Program, it gives 50 Black families currently residing or renting in Peel access to a one-time $2.5 million grant to support them to buy their first home. It's a wonderful program, of course, but we can't help but point out that, well, a single-family detached home in Mississauga could easily go for $2.5 million today, so... Is there a plan for more money to be added to this fund to support more Black families or even just mm -hmm. the 50 mentioned in the initial program? So, yeah, the average cost of real estate in Mississauga has soared as it has everywhere. You're quite right. Everywhere. Uh, the, uh, the average price of housing in Mississauga is over a million dollars. A single detached home would be starting at 1.7 and, and go quite a bit higher. Uh, wow. Certainly those $2.5 million homes are still those mega mansions, but nonetheless, <laughs> the, the housing has escalated here. So what you're referring to, and Wes Hall is a good friend as well, uh, mm -hmm. part of a kind of a CEO group that we all speak each morning about opportunities and, and trends, regional and global trends, whether they're housing or their interest rates or their uh, supply chain shortages. We, we speak about some pretty global issues all the time. So he's a, an incredible person that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm honored to call a friend, really. He's <laughs> so so inspirational um but, but this program in particular is a regional program uh, not directed through the city of mississauga so it's directed through the region appeal mm -hmm. although we're obviously very supportive of the program and are contributing to it as the largest uh municipality of, of the region we mm -hmm. pay the largest share of the of the costs at the region over 60 percent of the costs at the region because we're the largest municipality and if we see measurable and demonstrable success in our communities, not only in Mississauga, but across the region, I think you'll see a greater appetite to expand that funding. The intention here is to support the Black North Initiative, which, as you know, is quite broad and is addressing anti-Black racism on a number of fronts, not just home ownership uh, and with the initial uh, amount of the funding, I think we're going to be looking uh, for what are the impacts uh, on the program. Um, we know that while our city is incredibly diverse, home ownership is also extremely racialized. The mm. cost of owning a home, we talked about it, whether it be a condo or a townhouse or a single detached home is increasingly becoming out of reach for, for all residents. And of course, as mayor, I wanna see people not only work in our city, but live here too, and give their <laughs> children, right? And grandchildren that same opportunity. That's a priority for me. Mm -hmm. uh, home ownership, uh, is a way for individuals to build up equity and wealth and then pass it down the generations to their children and their grandchildren, building multi-generational wealth that is a social determinant of so many things from health yeah. to educational attainment to income and of course to overall well-being. The funding here is designed to act as a bridge loan to make sure that people who are making a good income are in good financial shape, but who may fall just a bit short of the mortgage payments necessary 
to begin the home ownership process mm -hmm. and are actually able to own a home. So at the end of the program, that money is returned to the fund once the mortgage has been paid off or the home is sold, which will allow mm -hmm. it, it to be you know, paid forward, to be lent back to other families in the same situation. So that one-time funding is self-sustaining over the long term and will continually have an impact on multi-generational home ownership in the region and throughout the future. So it's very exciting. But of course, you know, uh, if we see great uptake on it uh, and uh, there's a demand, then I'm sure we can expand the amount in the pool at the region. Love it. Well, Mary Crombie, thank you for joining us for this informative chat on the work that you and Mississauga are doing to address anti-Black racism and foster Black empowerment. And, you know, we're really glad that you were our first big city mayor to join us on the pod. You know, we've had ministers, we've had leaders of federal parties, but you're the first big city mayor. So uh, really, really excited to, to, to have completed this milestone. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully you'll join us again after you win the October election. Knocking <laughs> <laughs> on wood. Don't shoot templates. My goodness. But I <laughs> to serve as mayor. I have put my name forward. I hope to be reelected largely so I can continue the great work that we are doing. I think that Mississauga is a leader, particularly uh, as it comes to, um, you know, black systemic and, and racism and, and, and also indigenous, anti-indigenous racism, Islamophobia. I think we're real leaders and I hope that, you know, our report will serve as a template for other municipalities to follow because it's so important important. Um, so thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I was happy to join and I'd be happy to join in the future. Uh, I hope I'll, I hope I'll return in my capacity as mayor. And for your listeners, I encourage them to visit my website and, and download that report, our first steps report themselves, and they can find it on my website, mayorcrombie.ca. Uh, I'm not sure if everyone's a resident, you're not residents yourselves, but you have a wide listenership across the whole entire GTHA. Right. Right. And keep in mind that election, October 24th, <laughs> it's a Monday. So make sure you take the time out and exercise your democratic right to vote, please. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that uh, encouragement is vital considering that our listenership, I think our second largest listenership actually is in Peel. Uh, so yeah, those who are listening, October 24th, you know what to do. You've just listened to episode 89 of The Drip, sponsored by Fido Mobile. And we're so thankful for their support, which amplifies important discussions like these in the fight against anti-Black racism. We're releasing pods on a regular basis, so subscribe to stay up to date. You can also keep up with us on our Instagram and through our Patreon pages dedicated to the podcast. Follow us or support us at The Drip T.O. And you know, we love all our listeners, our many, many listeners. Put a message listeners. <laughs> put a message specifically to our black listeners. We hope that you know that this is a safe space for you. So if you have any feedback or questions, feel free to slide in our DMs and let us know what's up. We'd also like to give a special shout out to Toronto's very own Be On Location for the sounds you're hearing now. You can find more tracks from him wherever you get your music. Thanks again to Mayor Crombie for joining us. See y'all next time.
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.